At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application. Welcome to the Sports Garden Network Podcast, your source for sports entertainment, incredible sports wagering intelligence. Welcome, sports fans. This is Wagering Week. I'm Tom Barton. That's right. We are a Wagering Week. Facebook and Twitter is how you get in touch with us. It is Sports Garden, G-A-R-T-E-N, hashtag S-G-N. 855, the number 4, G-A-R-T-E-N is how you get in touch with us. iTunes, iHeartRadio, or any of our fine syndicated affiliates. Oh, yeah, we're going to do it today all about the NBA. Yeah, we're going to get into the NBA playoffs here today. As you know, we do record during the week, so some of the playing games have not been officially decided. We're going to kind of go through all of the teams, though, give you some betting numbers, my thoughts on each and every one of them. We'll get into some betting numbers for a specific series, some betting numbers for specific, uh, you know, long-term Eastern Western Conference, as well as the championship game, and some insights on and news, some updated injuries, all of it right now. So let's get right into it. We're going to start here with the Eastern Conference, okay? And we're going to start at the top and look at the Eastern Conference, which I do believe is a lot better than people gave it credit for entering the season, right? I mean, entering the year, the conversation really was about, all right, the Western Conference is stacked, and most people thought the Lakers were going to be up there, most people thought the Clippers were going to be up there, and then you had the Denvers and Utahs, Memphis sort of came out of nowhere here, of course, Phoenix, I'm not sure anybody believed Phoenix was going to be this good, and so on. The Eastern Conference was kind of getting a little disrespected. It seemed to be the Nets and everyone else, maybe Philly could make a run, Eh, probably Milwaukee wasn't going anywhere. Well, the Eastern Conference proved to be real tight this year, and the competition wasn't very good only because they played the Eastern Conference. I mean, they are some some tremendous teams. I mean, there are some teams here that I I don't think will be massive underdogs when they take on the West, if underdogs at all. I mean, if the Brooklyn Nets make it through this playoff, they'll probably be favored even over everybody except maybe Phoenix. If the Sixers make it, they'll be relatively right there. The Bucks, outside of Phoenix, who, okay, by far and large is, is the best team in the NBA record-wise, so they'll get the best betting handle. If the Bucks are taking on Memphis, or the Bucks are even taking on Min- the, the Warriors, or uh, Denver, right, or Utah, you have to look at them and you say, well, yeah, I think the Bucks will be favored. So it's not the secondary conference like I think we all imagined it was going to be. It really isn't. What's funny, though, is sitting at the top of the Eastern Conference are the Miami Heat. You know, Miami is a team that, if you listen to the show a couple of years ago during the bubble, before the bubble became 
a, a thing. I gave you the Miami Heat to win the championship that year. And then I said, okay, look, we're going to take them to win the Eastern Conference. We made money. We made money on the futures bet. But I liked the makeup of the team at the time. Look, I liked the defense first mentality. I thought Bam was growing up. I liked that, obviously, they were going to play games close to home inside that bubble in Florida, right? I, I liked all of that. A lot of the same things are, are there. But what I said then, I'm going to repeat now for the Miami Heat. And it's not meant to be a slight to the Heat. It's just reality. I think they are a much better designed team to win in the regular season than they are in the playoffs. And that right there is kind of, we see that in other sports. And I've mentioned that many times in other sports. You know, I, people will write me and say, oh, you just hate our team. No, 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 no. I think your team is very good for the regular year. I just don't love them when it comes to playoff time. You see this a lot in Major League Baseball. Teams that have five deep starters, but they don't really have an ace. Well, they're meant for the regular season. They're going to get you, you know, 85, 90, 95 wins, but they probably can't get over the hump because they just don't have that number one ace, that guy. In football, you know, you might be that, that solid team day in and day out, but you just don't have that quarterback that kind of put you over the top. You don't have that guy. Well, in basketball, it's kind of the same thing. Jimmy Butler is a very, very good player, but he's not that elite superstar. You put him up against Giannis's of the world, the Embiid's of the world, the Durant's of the world, just in the Eastern Conference, he's fallen short, okay? So Jimmy Butler, is Jimmy Butler one of the top 20 best players in the league right now? Yes. Is he one of the top 10? You know, I got to squint real hard to see that. And in the playoffs, when it comes down to, okay, who are the running mates? Well, Jimmy Butler doesn't even have a running mate. I mean, you look at Durant has Kyrie, you know, and beat as Harden. You have running mates. I mean, even in Boston, Tatum may not be Jimmy Butler in a lot of people's minds, but he's got Brown, and I think the Tatum-Brown combination works. So you start to look at Miami and find those kind of holes. Now, Jimmy Butler, um, look, Jimmy Butler has just not looked good beyond the arc, right? I mean, he just hasn't looked good. They're telling him, hey, you know what, uh, shoot more threes. He hasn't looked very good out there, and I think he's got to. Now, Tyler Hero, look, fantastic season. I like him. I just don't know if he's going to be, you know, that running man, that that, that secondary guy, because he's really a sixth man. And he had, look, 21 points this year, five rebounds, four assists, 22 years old. He's fantastic. Look, I like everything about him. But when you're talking about moving on in the playoffs, Look, Miami's title odds, you know, plus 1,200. Ah, you know, look, defensive rating, fourth in the league, you like that. I don't know if they have enough offense. Let's go down to Boston. I've mentioned them a couple of times, right? And the Celtics, you have to look at the Celtics as two separate teams, okay? Prior to January 23rd, they were a 500 team, barely getting by. That's who they were. Since January 23rd, the Celtics have been the best team in the East. They are outscoring teams by 14 points per 100 possessions. They are absolutely dominating teams. And now look, Robert Williams going down, a little bit of a problem. He's one of the most improved players. He's a defensive kind of guy. Um, but the Celtics have gone out on record and said, we we think, and and by the way, you know, other teams have said, Al Horford and, and Grant Williams will be perfectly fine. Okay, Marcus Smart, yeah, he's another one, right? Defensive player of the year, he's going to be up there. 
He's going to be in that conversation. He could be the first point guard to win the award since Gary Payton in 96. He can be that. So this is a defense, defense, defense type team that really turned it on in the second half of the year. Overall, defensive rating, they are first in the NBA. But they're also a top 10 offensive rated team. 51 wins is nothing to sneeze at. And their point differential for you sports betters out there, this is big because they cover spreads. Second in the NBA point differential. 10-1 to 1 to win the NBA title. I, I like the Celtics. I really do. I want to say the Celtics. I just think they're a little young for my taste. I see a, They're kind of now the trendy pick. I like the Celtics, and I want to root for them. Just think that they're going to come up a little short. Let's talk about Milwaukee. It's Giannis and kind of everyone else. Giannis, who was not talked about in the MVP, you, you look and you go, well, he's putting up the same things, right? I mean, he's putting up the same numbers. He's right in the mix for the scoring title at just about 30 points per game. Third overall, but he's right there, okay? He's got to be up there for Defensive Player of the Year. I still think, and I've said this now year after year after year, I know that the Joker's going to win back-to-back MVPs, and we know how much I I talk about him. I I like Embiid. Oh, sure. Durant is a killer. Oh, yeah. Giannis is the best player in the NBA, and he's been the best player in the NBA for a while, right? And what he does is he actually gets better as time goes on, He gets better when it's crunch time. He's everything. Now, he needs a little help. The good thing is Brooke Lopez is coming back. That certainly will help them. And they do rely upon defense, which means you don't need that number one scorer, right? I mean, you you really don't. They, They used to be a massive defensive team. This is the first time that they are not in the top 10 in defensive rating. But I think that that's more of a matter of, you know, it wasn't playoff time. I think that they turned this back on. Now, you look at offensive rating, they are third in the league. I still think that they're a defensive team. NBA title, plus 475. I kind of like Milwaukee at those odds. Then we talk about the Sixers. I've mentioned Embiid. I've mentioned Harden. Embiid probably should have won the MVP. Jokic just went nuts. But Embiid looks really good, too. I mean, look, they look really good. And since you put Harden and Embiid together... Philly's outscoring teams by 16 points per 100 possessions. I mean, that's fantastic. These two are playing well. A lot of the question was, how can they play? And I still have those playoff questions. Will they be able to up their game in the playoffs? The Sixers have some problems here, right? And you look at the Sixers at uh, you know, plus 1,300. You look at what they can do. And Bede is unbelievable, and he's fantastic, right? Their defensive rating, though, is 12th. Offensive rating is 11th. Now, offensive rating goes massively up with Harden, but the defensive rating goes down with Harden. They are actually the worst team in transition in the league. This is a problem, guys. You know, you look at what can you attack when you're playing about the playoffs. That's what other teams can certainly attack with Philadelphia. I look at Philly and I go, when everything's clicking, if you believe in Harden and you believe Embiid can stay healthy and you can believe Embiid can be on the court and be what he is, uh, Philadelphia can beat anybody. And when I say anybody, I mean I'm talking about an NBA championship. But I do think that they have defensive laps at times, which is shown by their transition game, that can certainly hurt you. It can certainly hurt you if you're banking on them day after day to go out there and win games with some semblance of defense. Because I don't think that they have it late in the game. And I know Embiid is a good defensive player, but the rest of the team isn't. And we've seen that in the numbers. All right, moving on. What about Toronto, right? Toronto, hey, look, uh, you know, they are plus 8,000 to win the championship. Nobody expects them to. But you look at their numbers and you go, how did they they win 48 games? I mean, they had to have something working for them, right? I mean, they were 
15th in offensive rating, so they don't have a good offense. Defensively, they were in the top 10, okay, but barely inside the top 10. Uh, Pascal Siakam led the league or led the team at 23 points per game is kind of, I mean, middle of the league in, in a way, right? You look at what this team can be, and I just don't see the heights. I know I, I know Toronto has put together a good year. They have 48 wins. Boston has 51, right? But I think that this is a perfect example of how did you get there, okay? Boston has three more wins. I'm high on them. I think they can win the championship. Toronto is 48, and I don't think they can. Philadelphia has 51 wins, and I think they can win the championship. Toronto has three less wins. There's just nothing eye-popping about Toronto, and sometimes that's that can be okay. There are certain factions of teams that could be okay, but when you're talking about Pascal Siakam or Joel Embiid, or Siakam or Giannis, or Siakam or Durant, or Siakam and even Tatum and Brown, I mean, you know, they just don't have that. I think when push comes to shove, Toronto's going to be looking for the guy to take the shot, and the guy to take the shot is just not going to be there. Same thing with the Bulls. Look, DeMar DeRozan has been absolutely fantastic, okay? He has uh, you know, one of those seasons where, okay, he's not going to win the MVP, but it's not crazy to talk about him. And in clutch time, he's even better. Look, he's got 53.5% shooting clutch time. I got that from ESPN Stats and Info. That's just fantastic when you're talking about it. Um, he's joined Damian Lillard, LeBron James, C.J. McCollum as the only players in the last 10 years to do that. So when things are tight, yeah, the Chicago Bulls, they are kind of that team. Here we go. The Bulls were one of those teams. They started off red hot, okay? This is a team that could beat anybody, but they finished the season 1-14 against the top four teams in the conference. That's not good. And that's who I think the Bulls are. I mean, the Bulls are that team. They don't shoot the three very well, okay? They uh, Since the All-Star break, they're 23rd in three-point percentage. They don't defend overly well. They're outside the top 10. They're, you know, in offensive rating, defensive rating, 23rd in the league. I know that a lot of people are kind of thinking that DeRozan can put them on their shoulders. He's got 28 points per game. I like what they've done this year, but you cannot give me a champion, especially in the East, with the 23rd ranked defense and a team that really doesn't shoot the outside shot too well. You know, you can't, I'm sorry, you can't convince me of that. Um, then you go to the Brooklyn Nets, and let's take a, a peek at the Nets, and we'll spend a couple of minutes on the Nets. The Nets are a team that you see the talent. We watch the talent out there. We watch how good the talent can be. We are just enamored with the overwhelming talent that the team can be, and I keep saying the word talent for a reason, because that's all that this team is, is talent. Look, they snuck into the playoffs. They had to play a play-in game. In a play-in game where the line opened up, and I tweeted this out, the line opened up at Brooklyn an eight-point favorite. Within minutes, it was up to nine, nine and a half. Went off at 10. I saw one uh, book. It went off at 10 and a half. Guess what? Nets won the game. They didn't cover. And my tweet said exactly that. Very curious that the Nets, that the Nets are only an eight-point favorite at home in a play-in game with all this talent. Uh I think they win. I can't imagine they don't win, but the cover's going to be hard. And now you look at what the Brooklyn Nets are on a betting perspective. Nets are 32, including that playing game. The, Mets, the Nets are 32 wins, 49 losses, and two pushes against the spread on the year. Guys, that's 17 games under 500. At home, it gets worse. They are 9 
32-1 and at home against the spread this year. They do not cover the number. So when you're going into this postseason, and we're talking about the Brooklyn Nets, Brooklyn may win a championship. I'm not taking it away from that. They, they, they very well could, okay? But they got a long road to go to get there. And in on the way to get there, their lines will be inflated. The public is going to love the Nets. The further they go, the more they look good, the more games they win, the higher the line's going to go. And they just flat out don't cover lines. Now, I could give you overall their record of 44 and 38. I can give you overall that they were the 10th ranked offense in the league, the 20th ranked defense in the league. I could talk to you about Kevin Durant scoring 30 points per game. All of that doesn't really matter, though, because it's been a different team. I mean, we know this Nets team isn't the Nets team that has played all year. They haven't really played together. Now, the Nets' odds have not really been that reflective of that. Plus 650 to win the championship. People are loving Brooklyn because of what I said earlier, because of talent. Talent wins out when you're talking about sports betting, but the Nets just don't cover up. To me, the Nets are a fade all day. And I'm not talking about a fade long-term. I do believe this team can hoist a championship. I think that they're that talented. But the reality is, is that they just don't cover the spread. And I'll be betting against them. All right, now, I am recording this uh, after the Brooklyn game. So we know that they're moving on. But a lot of the playing games are not decided yet. So I just want to give a quick word. I don't think that any of the play-in games in the East are going to have any impact at all. You look at the Atlanta Hawks. Look, Atlanta, yeah, they shocked the world once, and Trey Young is absolutely fantastic. We get that. But Atlanta is just not that kind of team. You know, they have elite three-point shooting, which can win a game or two here or there in the playoffs. I just don't think they consistently can win moving on. Now, they're, you know, Plus 15,000 to win the championship. Nobody believes they're going to get there. Uh, the defensive rating is 26 in the lead. Offense is second. They're going to have to bomb away. They're going to have to score, score, score. And, and they're going to hope that teams can try to run with them. Their defense is absolutely terrible. It's absolutely terrible. They allow 114 points per 100 possessions. I mean, they're garbage. Bottom 10 in the league in opponent field goal percentage. Uh, bottom 10 in the league in opponent three-point percentage. They're a terrible defense. So Atlanta might seem fun. Maybe they could shock the world. Maybe Trey Young comes back again. Guys, not with this defense. No way. Let's look at Charlotte. Uh, LaMelo Ball, he's their guy, right? All-star game. Ball is their number one player. I think people are also looking overlooking Miles Bridges, Terry Rozier, Um Charlotte's is a solid team. Again, 8th in offense, 22nd in defense. You expect the Charlotte team to kind of be just run off the court on the defensive side of things. They just can't compete. So when we're looking at, you know, the Eastern Conference, I would say, you know, look, Charlotte, look to the overs with Charlotte. Charlotte's a team that is going to be looking at overs. Atlanta, if you're betting on Atlanta games, look to the overs. Look Look for late lines, late line movement, and all the public backing the Brooklyn Nets and go the other way. I mean, that's just the general rule here uh, for what they're doing. The Chicago Bulls, look, I'm looking at overs with the Bulls. I know their offense isn't tremendous, but their defense is bad. And in the playoffs, bad defenses sort of rear their ugly head, and you could kind of really take advantage of that. Uh, that That's the Bulls. Toronto, you know, look, Toronto, you might want to lean in under. I don't really see a huge thing with Toronto. What I do know is this, is that Toronto's point differential 
is only 2.3. It's about middle of the pack there. So that's something to pay attention to when you go into Toronto games. Philadelphia, the Sixers, it, this is really all about Joel Embiid. I would rather, if I'm going in to make a bet on the Sixers this year, I would rather go into prop plays on Embiid taking the game over than on anything else. I don't like uh, straight over-unders or anything with that. I, I like the prop plays there. The Milwaukee Bucks, you look at the Milwaukee Bucks and you go, it's going to be offense, offense, offense. But I think it's going to be defense. I, I think that Milwaukee, which has a track record of being a good defensive team, is going to step up and become that good defensive team. The Boston Celtics understand their totality of their record overall on the year is not what they have been. They have been absolutely unbelievable. They're 15-5 and five the last 20 games. They are a tremendous team that's streaking in the right direction, and they're led by defense. But don't only go play the unders because their offensive rating is still top 10 in the league. You have to pay attention to that. And then the Miami Heat, look, they're a defensive, a defensive team. You've got to lean defense in that spot. Guys, you know, one of the things that jumped out at me right away is the Brooklyn Nets, who had to play a playing game, um, will actually be the favorites in their series. I'm telling you, the overreaction from Brooklyn, from a betting side of things, can absolutely be taken advantage of. Now, I'm not telling you that the Brooklyn Nets are going to lose that first series, okay? What I'm telling you is that it's priced wrong. And those are two different conversations to have. Uh, you don't have to believe that they're going to win a series or lose a series to understand that it's it's just flat out priced wrong. That the pricing is just off. So it's something to pay attention to um, overall when when you are looking at that first series. The Boston Celtics are getting an underdog number against a Brooklyn Nets team that they are generally better than. That's uh, one of the one of the early numbers that jumped out at me. Also, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. They have just destroyed teams, and especially this team. The last two times, they're only an eight, eight-and-a-half-point favorite on Sunday for their opening game. The last two times they faced this team, uh, they won by 21 and 28 points. So it's something to keep in your back pocket. All right, let's take a quick timeout. Come on back. When we get back, we will talk about the Western Conference. We'll go over that dynamic conference that most people think the champion's going to come from. We'll be back with lots more right after this on Wagering Week. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application. Now back to Wagering Week with Tom Barton. I bet you 20 bucks I can get to gamble before the end of the day. No way. I'll give you three to one odds. You're on. What are the odds? 
What are the odds? Who will win the Eastern Conference in the NBA playoffs? The Milwaukee Bucks plus 225 lead the way. Brooklyn Nets plus 350. The Boston Celtics plus 375. The Miami Heat come in at 5-1. to one. Philadelphia 76ers plus 550. Toronto is 20 to 1. The Bulls are 40 to 1. The Atlanta Hawks are 50 to 1. The Cleveland Cavs are 80 to 1. And if you love the Charlotte Hornets, well, you get 250 to 1 odds to win the Eastern Conference in the 2022 NBA playoffs. And that is what are the odds? Hey, right, guys, I got to tell you, uh, right now, I mean, just from a betting perspective, right? I'm not giving my predictions here, okay? I will do that later. Just from a betting perspective, look, there's no, I love how people say there's value. You know, there's no value on a team if you don't think that they can advance to a point where you could hedge your bet, right? So I see no value on the Charlotte Hornets. I don't see value on the Cleveland Cavs, even at 80 to 1. I see no value on the Atlanta Hawks at 50 to 1. The Bulls are attempting value 40 to 1 for the number one seed with a guy like DeRozan, but I'm not buying into that. Look, I I understand that there is some value there, but I think that that's almost a sucker line. Uh, it is the number one team. You are getting, you know, 41. Oh, oh there, there's a chance. Nah, I, I don't see it. I don't think that the Bulls are going to be able to get through two series, and that's a, a, at least two series where they are the underdogs. Toronto? No, not, not for me. I, I went over my reasons for Toronto. So you got... Milwaukee at plus 225, the Nets at, you know, plus 350, Boston plus 375, Miami 5 to 1, Philadelphia plus 550. Milwaukee, remember, these are not my prediction. Milwaukee at plus 225 is not enough. It, it The value is not there enough to tempt me. Brooklyn Nets at 350, I think they just have such a tough road to go. And they're a public team. I'm not touching that. Boston 375, that's kind of the flavor of the month. And I love what they're doing, and I love what they are. And it does tempt me, but not at 375. Miami 5-1, to one. I don't really think they have a shot here. I know Miami is that team. Look, number one overall seed, I get it. Another team, not, not for me. So that leaves me, and I think I said the Bulls were number one seed. Uh, I made a mistake there. Uh, that leaves me here with the Philadelphia 76ers at plus 550. The Sixers at plus 550 are probably the best value team. Now, that doesn't mean that I think that they're going to win. I just think that value-wise, they are the best value team in the East. I know some of you guys are going to jump on the Bulls in Miami, but no, not for me. Some of the value-wise, I think the Sixers are the most value team. All right, let's move over to the Western Conference and the team on top, obviously. We know all about it, the Phoenix Suns. The Suns are trying to become the 15th team in league history to lose the finals the year before, win the championship the next year. We have to go back to 2016-17 Warriors when they added Kevin Durant to a 73-win team um, to go out there and find that. Not easy to do, but it has been done before. You look at their team, and let's talk about it. Look, they are the best team in the NBA right now going into the playoffs. Now, everything could change in playoff. Basketball is vastly different. But you look at their net rating is first overall. Defensive rating, top three in the league. They're number three. Offensive rating, fifth in the league. And that's all right now. And point differential, by the way, is number one in the league. A lot of that is without Chris Paul. Now, Chris Paul is a guy that you you, you know makes things happen. Chris Paul is kind of that guy. But look, the Suns were really good without him, 11-4 and four without him. So now you add him back, it's pretty fantastic. And the reason why you can get by 
without a future Hall of Famer or potential future Hall of Famer like Chris Paul is Devin Booker. Devin Booker stepped up and become that guy. He's become that player, averaging 27 points per game, five rebounds per game, five assists per game or so. Uh, that is is something really, really interesting. And Devin Booker, sure, he's not getting MVP looks, but he really should with these kind of numbers. And he really should with the fact that he is leading the best team in the league. The Phoenix Suns are that absolute steamroller team. Their NBA title odds are the best in the league, depending on where you shop, plus 250 to plus 300. It's right there. So three to one odds or two, uh, two and a half to one odds. I like the Suns. The 64 team winning Suns, how, how do you not like them, right? 64 wins is going to get you a lot of credit, but 64 wins is also going to increase your lines. It's also going to bring down your number as far as the NBA title odds go. And this is to an unbettable number. You can't bet this a plus 250 or plus 300. You just can't. It is too tough of a number to go out there and think you can just kind of roll out the ball and say, okay, you know, this makes sense. It doesn't make sense. Now, Phoenix, you might think Phoenix might win, but getting 250 back, it's just not enough to tempt you on the futures market. Let's talk about the Memphis Grizzlies. Now, Memphis kind of came out of nowhere, and people just don't really still appreciate this Memphis team. 56 wins, they still don't appreciate. Fourth overall offensive rating, they still don't appreciate. Sixth overall defensive rating, still don't appreciate it. Uh, you look at 15-1 to 1 odds to win the NBA championship, and that will tell you they are not appreciated. Memphis is for real, though, guys. They are for real. Just because we don't know who they are, because they're young, doesn't mean that they're not for real. Their average age is 24 years old. They're the youngest team to finish with a top-two record since we're going back to 1951-52. I mean, this is a young, young, young squad. So people are not going to give them a lot of credit. They also don't have that dynamic name. Now, in NBA circles... We know John Morant is that NBA name. We know that John Morant is that guy, okay? He's the first guard in NBA history to lead the league in paint scoring in a single season ever, okay? So you're talking about who who does John Morant remind you of? Like a young Derrick Rose. Maybe his career won't last that long because of injuries going inside the paint with a small guy has proven year after year and time after time and generation after generation to be a problem. But Morant is doing it on just a completely different level right now. I mean, completely different level. You look at who John Morant is and you go, he goes up against the best of the best and he stands toe-to-toe -to -toe with them. And he accelerates his game. He complained later, earlier in the season, and, and after a game, he saw, basically was going to complain that Memphis isn't on TV enough. And I agree with him. And he wants that stage. Well, he's got that stage now. Now, even without him, the most impressive thing about Memphis is that they went 20-5 and five without John Morant. Now, it's silly to think, well, you know what? They could win without John Morant overall. No, they can't. But I think we're still discounting this team. They just put up 55 points in the third quarter. I mean, they are absolutely explosive, but they can play good defense. I think Memphis at 15-1 to 1 odds is an absolute steal, at least just to win a series or two. Because you go, okay, now I can have fun with hedging them out. If you're a hedging kind of guy, Memphis is your team. Let's go to Golden State. Golden State was the team before the year, I believed, you know what, I don't think anyone's taking this team down. And as the early part of the year was there, I said, yep, this is this is the team, right? I mean, this is this, absolutely. This is the team that no one's going to be able to take out. And when Clay gets back, oh, man, watch out. The problem is here, their stars were on the court for 11 minutes total. 
Clay Thompson came into the lineup in January, and here we go. Okay, everyone in Golden State, we finally got all the pieces. Here we go. The day Clay returned, if you remember in the sports books, they didn't want to pay this out for a Draymond Green start, and everyone took the unders. Draymond Green went out for two months with a back injury. Now, Draymond wanted to stand on the court with Clay. So, uh, in the sports betting circles, everybody that was smart, you all took the unders, and then Sportsbook wasn't going to pay them out and whatnot. But that, so even the 11 minutes is too many because Draymond Green basically played one, one you know, tip off and then kind of came out of the game. Then Green came back. Literally the day Green came back, Steph Curry sprained his foot and he was out. So they've played 11 minutes together. 11 minutes. You know, Wiggins has stepped up and Looney has played uh, almost nothing. I, I, I mean, come on. But you look at what their team has become. And it, in a way, it's better they didn't play together because they found Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole is that guy, right? With Curry being out and even Clay being out, Poole absolutely went nuts. In March, he averaged 25 points per game, five assists, four rebounds, uh, scored 20 or more points in 17 consecutive, uh, consecutive games that led to the league and three-pointers. He's fantastic. He is the new guy that you can count on in a team that didn't need a new guy. They just needed to get healthy. They're 9-1 to one to win the NBA title right now. And I think those are pretty good odds. When you think about their defensive rating is second in the league. Now, offense is 16th, but we all know that that's a mirage because you lost Curry, you lost Thompson. They didn't play together. I think that it's easy to say, look, this 53-win team has not peaked yet. And while Memphis has been riding high and Phoenix has certainly had a great year, Golden State seems the team to me that has a lot left in the tank and a lot more that can come. The Dallas Mavericks, there's nothing for me to argue, say. I don't even want to go over the metrics here uh, where defensively they're 17th, offensively they're 14th. No, no, no. They're 22 to 1 to win this, uh, you know, win the NBA title. And guys, I can't say anything about this team. Because I don't know the status of Luca, and Luca is the—he's—he's uh, uh, he's the guy. He's the only thing that matters, kind of on this team. You look at Luca, and the team goes a hundred percent with him. He's banged up. He's injured. We don't know when he's coming back. So, I look at this team and I go, you know, I want to give you guys an analysis. Originally, my analysis was their defense will be fantastic, but I'm just not sure that they're going to be able to play with the big boys. Um, now without Luca, they're, they're a first round exit. If Luka misses any time, they are a first-round exit. They're not winning without him. 22-1 to odds, it should be about 50-1 to odds. And I know it had gone up from 22-1. to I saw 30-1 to and then went back down because they don't know what Luka is going to do. It's too hard for me to talk about this without knowing his status, and we won't know his status kind of until game time. The Utah Jazz, year in and year out, I buy into this Jazz and Nuggets, and I could talk about them almost both the same. The Jazz and Nuggets are going to finally do it kind of speculation. I always buy in. I love the way that the Jazz play. I love Donovan Mitchell. He's absolutely fantastic. He is tremendous. By the way, he really ups his game in the playoffs. He's uh, behind only Kevin Durant among active players for points per game in the playoffs. Guy is fantastic in the playoffs. I can say nothing bad about every single thing on this team and every single player on this team. Um, Quinn Schneider or Rudy Gay, you you like it all, okay? You like it all for this Jazz team. But there's just something that they cannot get over. Whatever it is, it's a mental block, sure. They can't get over it. Now, they have the best offense in the league. 
Offensive rating is is first in the league. Defensive rating is 10th. I actually think they're better defensively than 10th in the league. Everything is there. 28 to 1 odds. Would it shock me at all to see Utah win this thing? No. They have all the, the components to win. They have the defensive player that can step up. They have good, solid defense. They have the offensive player and who, by the way, steps up in the playoffs. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, 26 points per game during the regular year, is actually better in the playoffs by about three points. He's actually that good. I like Utah. I just buy into them every year and every single year. It seems they just kind of can't get over the hump. They just kind of can't get there. So I don't know if I can feel confident about them. Now, I do think that they're going to be really good. And if I'm taking Utah, I'm doing this on a game-to-game basis, and I'll do this on a game-to-game basis with Utah where they're at home. I like them at home, and I will be banking on that. And like I said, much of what I said about Utah, I say about Denver. I picked Denver to win the championship three years ago. I picked Denver to get to... The Western Conference Finals last year. I like this team. Jokic was an MVP guy uh, last year. He should win the MVP again. He is that good. Look, he's fantastic. Now, will they be able to continue with Murray and Porter being sidelines? Maybe they're coming back. We're looking at a year since Murray tore his ACL, okay? Now, he's been saying, hinting, I'm ramping up activity. Maybe I'll be back. Maybe I could come back. And Porter, the same thing. I just don't think that, you know, you look at this Denver team and you watch them enter. All of a sudden, they're going to just be able to kind of hit the ground running. As a matter of fact, from a betting perspective, if Porter or Murray, Murray more so, if Porter or Murray come back, it may actually be an overreaction by the public. You may be able to bet against Denver. Now, look, I like what they've done. Their bench is actually pretty good. Um, their their bench, when you look at when Jokic is down, they just don't play well. It's all about the Joker. Here. He's got 27 points per game. We know how good he is. NBA title odds plus 3,000 is pretty good. Defensively, they have problems. They struggle at times. But Jokic is a big man that could step it up. Offensively, they're seventh in the league. I think Denver had a really good last month, month and a half, where we could start to look at them. Not quite Celtics way, but look, they're really, really good. But I think they're really good, and Utah's really good, and these two teams are both really good, but they're just not elite, and Phoenix right now is elite, and Golden State has the pedigree to be elite, and Memphis has been playing elite. If you put Denver or Utah in the East, I might be picking them to win in the East. I mean, that's how good I think they are, but you're talking about the West, and they are elite teams. Let's talk about the Minnesota Timberwolves. Hey, got to give them a lot of credit for their playing game win. Carl Anthony Towns, their guy, their number one star, their everything, right? Best big shooting man of all time. Carl Anthony Towns goes out in that game. Basically, he wasn't there for the entire second half. I mean, even in the first half, he had four, four fouls in the first half. They were sitting him down. And then he was gone, and it didn't matter. They really, really, really impressed. Anthony Edwards put this team on his back. I know everyone's looking at Patrick Beverly and the celebration that he had. Um, but, guys, Anthony Edwards was this team. And it really was an interesting scenario to watch Carl Anthony Towns leave the game and the Wolves step their game up. Since the glue girl, they went on like a 15-3 to run. <laughs> and you look at Minnesota and what they can be. Hey, look, Minnesota offensively 6th in the lead, defensively 13th in the league. They're a team that can be beat by the outside shot, though, and that is their big kind of bugaboo here is, you know, at 80-1 to odds to win this all, you have to hope that they don't go up against a hot shooting, outside shooting team. The Warriors are just that. 
Well, Phoenix is kind of just that. Eh, Memphis, eh, all right, not so much. Uh, so they get their, their calling and they get to play Memphis. Yeah, sure, they might have a little bit of success, but the way that Memphis is playing, can you really think about that? So Minnesota, to me, has a ceiling because they can't defend the outside shot. But I will tell you this, I am massively impressed with what they did and how they did it. Carl Anthony Towns, not that they won the game, because, I, you know, look, they were kind of supposed to win the game. They are at home. They were the favorites. Not that they won the game. It's that they won the game without their big man, the guy that everyone's afraid of, the guy that is just the best big man shooter of all time when the three-point shooting contest is a big man. He leaves the game, and a guy, a young kid like Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell and Pat, Pat Beverly just put these teams and just on their shoulders and just led. And Anthony Edwards looked like a leader out there. So they're dangerous because of that mindset. Now, they went out and they beat the Clippers, and I'll mention the Clippers here who do have to play a playing game. The Clippers just collapsed. I mean, that's just what happened. The Clippers utterly, completely collapsed. Paul George had a nice game, but Paul George didn't look that good. And this is the problem with them. You know, the Clippers on the year, offensively 25th in the league. Now, they could play some D. They were top 10. They could play some D, and the rumors of Kawhi maybe coming back are certainly out there, but it's their offense. It just disappears for long periods of time. Their offense just cannot get anything done, and we watched that happen. Their offense just could not get things done early on, and that is a problem. I mean, that's a problem they couldn't get over in the playing game, and I don't see them doing anything big here. Same thing with the Spurs. Look, the Spurs offensively are 17th, 16th defensively. This is... The second worst team under Coach Popovich. So don't think that this is the regular Spurs team that you're used to. Um, And the Spurs, you know, look, I mean, you look at San Antonio and you go, well, somebody had to make it. They got there being 14 games under 500 in what was supposed to be a packed West. They don't belong in the tournament. They should be exited early. And if they do get by in their playing game, ho-hum, they will be going home early. Finally, we got the Pelicans. Now, the Pelicans are 10 games under 500, right? They are almost uh, in the bottom 10 in both offense and defense. They come in 19th and 18th ranked, okay? Uh, They're led by Brandon Ingram, who's barely at 22 points per game. But it's all a different team since C.J. McCollum has come back, and I think that that's something we have to really pay attention to. Since McCollum has come back, this team is 13-9. and nine. Well, that doesn't seem so great, but you know what? They're 13-9, and nine, and all of a sudden they're playing a different kind of game, okay? They, they are becoming that team. Now, they have to hit the outside shot, which they haven't been, been able to do, but I do like what they have seemingly become. This is a Pelicans team that, you know, you, you can fall in love with because they do have such tremendous talent on the team and here we go back to the talent conversation but they can tap into it you know look since McCollum and that trade 13 and 9 which I I talked about 13 and 9 isn't a great record but for a team that's 10 games under 500 on the year yes it is and oh by the way since McCollum has come over they are 13th I'm sorry they're a top 10 in the league they were 13th coming in top 10 now in the league on defense so they could play a big time defensive game and they could give teams some trouble now I don't think that they're going to give any of the top teams trouble the elite teams but the future is very very bright for New Orleans the McCollum trade is huge Zion's going to be back so New Orleans enjoy your playoff play-in kind of run here but understand how bright the future is speaking of the future let's go back to the future we're sending you back to the future 
Bet to the future. Bet to the future. Bet to the future. We're talking about who will win the NBA Finals. Yeah, that's what it's all about here. Well, the Phoenix Suns come in at plus 250. The Milwaukee Bucks sit there at 4-1 to one odds. Boston Celtics, 9-1. to one. Brooklyn Nets, also 9-1. to one. Golden State, 9-1. to one. Miami and Memphis, 12 to 1, 16 to 1. The Philadelphia 76ers are about 15 to 16 to 1, depending on where you're shopping. The Utah Jazz, 25 to 1. Dallas and Denver, both 30 to 1. The Clippers are 35 to 1. The Bulls, 80 to 1. Minnesota, 80 to 1. Toronto, 80 to 1. Atlanta, 150 to 1. Cleveland, 250 to 1. Charlotte, 500 to 1. The Pelicans, 500 to 1. And the Spurs, there you get them at. Plus about 100,000. <laughs> that is who will win the NBA Finals, and that's by the sports book. Yeah, I've seen some numbers here move and shake. And, uh, you know, look, we've gone over the numbers. We've gone over some betting situations. I've made it kind of clear here. But from a betting perspective, let's take a look at who not only am I betting, but, uh, you know, I gave you the East kind of betting numbers. And, and I, who, who am I going to take to take the NBA title overall? Who am I going to jump on here? And then I want to give you my predictions because betting on and predictions are very, very different. So actually, you know what? First, I'll give you my prediction. My prediction is this. Just overall in the East, I, I look at Milwaukee, I look at Boston, I look at Brooklyn, and I look at the Sixers. And there are four teams there that I can see winning this thing. Sorry. I can't see Miami. I'm sorry. You know, call me a hater. Call me whatever you want. I Sorry, I can't see Chicago. Those are the four teams that I see. Now, everyone is jumping on Boston. I hope Boston wins it all. Let me make it perfectly clear. I'm rooting for Boston to win it all. I would love that. I'd absolutely love that. But I just don't think that they're going to be able to. And I think that the road is too far to go for the Brooklyn Nets. I do. I think it's too far. Now, when I was on my show on Saturday night, it's pretty funny because I've been on Vegas radio for 10 years, and my my partner's a very, very good friend of mine, uh, my on-air partner, and we were going over the NBA title, and he said, let me guess, you're on Milwaukee again because I'm always seemingly on Milwaukee. And it just makes sense from a projection standpoint that Tom Barton would be on Milwaukee. I like Giannis a lot. I like Milwaukee. I like teams that have been there. I like elite play. I like really good home teams. I mean, it falls into a lot of categories of teams that I like and the direction I like to take with teams and where I like to go. And I said, no, actually, I think this could be the Sixers year. But I am going to probably sit here and and look, I'm I want to say the Celtics for a rooting standpoint, but I do think it is going to be the Bucs. I think the Bucs go. I think that Milwaukee is on that level that people are kind of sleeping on them a little bit. And I think that bothers them. I think it bothers them that people are sleeping on them. I think it bothers Giannis that the talk all the all you know the entire season seemingly has been on Embiid and has now been on the Joker. I think it does bother them. And I think that that might be the chip on their shoulder that they need. I really do. Over in the West. Now, the West is very, very pushed together. And like I said, I can't sit here and tell you Utah or Denver. I would like Utah or Denver to really move on. I'd like them 
to excel their game and kind of take that next level. And I'm not putting it past them that maybe Donovan Mitchell, who was one of the best playoff performers I've ever seen, maybe Donovan Mitchell goes absolutely nuts and he's able to kind of do things that we didn't think. Maybe Joker gets that health back and they don't have that lag that I think. And and Jokic can kind of just dominate the way that we've seen. Maybe. But I'm not I'm not banking on that. For me, the Memphis Grizzlies are a great team. I think people are selling them way short. I think they could absolutely win this thing, 100%. But their age at 24 doesn't bother me. The inexperience does. Their energy can win a series early, a two series early. Their energy early can actually probably take them to the Western Conference Finals. But I think that the stage may be a little too big for them when they get there. And while their team was a, a tremendous boost up when John Morant wasn't there and they really did a great job. I think the lack of a secondary option, a true secondary guy to John Morant and their dependence on him when he's on the floor to drive the lane, I think that that's going to be a problem later on in the playoffs. So I think they can win it all and I certainly think that they could get to the Western Conference Finals, but no, I'm not going to take them to win the whole thing. Again, this is to win the whole thing. So I have Milwaukee kind of going against who? Phoenix or Golden State. That's what it comes down to for me. And I've told you time and time again, I do like consistency. I like teams that have been there, a.k.a. the Suns. I like teams that have done it all year, a.k.a. the Suns. I like teams that have been healthy, a.k.a. the Suns, that have done it with some experience in Chris Paul, that have the new legs like a guy like Booker. The Suns have everything you want to win a championship here. But I'm taking the Warriors. I am not a Steve Kerr fan. But he is a better coach. I think that this team was designed for this time. And we've watched at teams at times, and I'm not talking about the Lakers last year when they just kind of mailed it all in and hoped that it would come together, or Brooklyn last year that didn't play together whatsoever and kind of was hoping that it would all sort of click. No. We've watched that this team is just designed for the playoffs. They are going to click. But it's not that it's a brand new clicking situation. That was the problem that I had with the Lakers and Brooklyn Nets last year was they had never played together. No, Thompson and Curry and Green have played together. They are used to playing together. All of a sudden, Poole becomes almost that six-man, almost that extra guy who can give a rest to Curry, who can give a rest early on to Thompson. He becomes that player. They don't have to just hit the ground running and start working in him in the game kind of flow. They know what they're doing. So you can sit back and tell me, you know, they've only played 11 games, 11 minutes together, and they haven't had any games fully together and all of that. You're right, and that should hold them back. But because they've done this before, because they've been out there before on the court together with tremendous success, not only the three big players, but the coach itself. The, the arena itself, the atmosphere itself, it's never going to be too big for the Warriors. And dare I say, which is a weird situation, if they meet Phoenix in the Western Conference Finals, the pressure is on Phoenix to get back there because the pressure will be on the favorite, not Golden State. Because Phoenix had this ridiculous season, now all eyes are on the Phoenix Suns, not on Golden State. So if you're asking me now, I got Golden State to beat Milwaukee. Not much has really changed since kind of the beginning of the year. But from a betting perspective, well, now that we have to look at that, we have to look at that in a different perspective. Because 
I don't like Milwaukee to get there at 4-1. I already told you I like the Sixers. I think the Sixers hold a lot of value. I think Philadelphia, depending on where you can get them to win the East, is a great bet. 16-1 to to win the whole thing. Yeah, look, you got me sucked in at 16-1. to Most of this year, with all due respect to Jokic and Denver, most of this year, Joel Embiid was the best player in the NBA. Okay, now I I still think it's Giannis, but he was playing like the best player in the NBA. He can take over games. I worry about his health. I worry about a long playoff, and this will be a long playoff. I worry about how much Harden takes away in the playoffs as opposed to adds, because remember, Harden could add a lot offensively, but defensively it's going to be a problem. But I still think that Philadelphia and Joel Embiid at 16-1 to odds represents tremendous, tremendous money and a money-making opportunity. You think about it like this. At a 16-to-1 odd number, right? You're going to throw 100 bucks down on them. You're not going to bet Philly in the first round, right? But if they get to the Eastern Conference Finals, you start hedging. Could you start hedging before that? Could you start hedging the round before? I think you might be able to. So sort of all you're asking Philly to do is, is win what? Playoff series? The, the hedging opportunity from a betting perspective of going out there and taking a 16-1 to 1 title shot on a team that certainly might win it, yeah, it's huge. And a lot of people are going to say, well, you know what, Tom? You know, you can just take them just to win the East. Well, well, yeah, but is the value there to just win the East? I just talked about it's plus 550. It's 16-1 to 1 at Superbook to win the whole thing. I'd rather, look, if you're going to do that, then just start hedging when you get to the finals, which you would have needed a ticket to cash for the East anyway. And you could edge at 16-1. to The Philadelphia 76ers are going to be the underdogs to anybody. Anybody. Except for maybe Memphis. And and I don't even know what that number would be, depending on how Memphis plays. But they'll be the underdogs to Phoenix. They'll be the underdogs to the Warriors. So, I like the 16-1 to number coming from the East, specifically for Philadelphia. Can I find another number here? Like I said, I know a lot of people on Boston at 9-1. to I, I don't think that Boston can't win this thing, but 9-1 to is just not intriguing enough. Brooklyn, certainly not. I made my arguments against Brooklyn. Do I think they could win this whole thing? Sure. I'm not paying 9-1 to to watch them do it because Brooklyn could very well go down this weekend. They may lose in round one. They may, they may go home right now. So forget about hedging opportunities with the Nets. You have none. The Warriors at 9-1 to are the team that I think can win this all. But again, limited hedging opportunity for the Warriors. Because you're probably going to have to take on two series, two big teams. You know, a Denver, a Utah, maybe a Memphis, before you get to a potential Phoenix. So that is a worry as well from a hedging opportunity. While I think we could have a, a Celtics, uh, uh, you know, Warriors final, I could see that very much so. I don't see it on a betting perspective to give me that hedge opportunity where I feel comfortable with. So the other hedging team, yeah, you could go Denver 30-1. to That's interesting, and you hope that Murray hits the ground running. I'm not going to talk you out to a 30-1 to futures play, and I won't talk you out of a Utah Jazz 25-1 to with Donovan Mitchell, the way that he plays in the playoffs. I'm not going to talk you out of either one of them. But for me, how about Memphis at 16-1 to as well? A lot of the same reasons as Philadelphia. If you just get to that finals, right? If you, They're going to be the underdogs because nobody believes in them. They'll be the underdogs against the Warriors. They'll be the underdogs against the Phoenix Suns. They will be the underdog. And if you can get to the Western Conference final with this team, 
Well, it's a perfect hedging opportunity. To me, Philadelphia is the best bet to try to hedge it out. Memphis, I you could make an argument there. I wouldn't disparage you for jumping on Utah or Denver. But it's not the teams that I actually think will win. It's just the teams that I see value-wise, and there is a big difference there. All right, guys, that's going to do it for me. Enjoy the NBA playoffs. I can't believe we are here. It's basically season, uh, you know, a brand new season here. It's the NBA playoff season. We have a massive amount of good games right away, right in the first round. You never see these kind of quality teams right away, right in the first round, and we have it this year. I expect all the people that didn't watch the NBA during the regular season, I expect a real good playoff, so I would tune in. I would check this all out. Guys, I'm Tom Barton for Wagering Week. We'll be back, and you can bet on that. This has been a presentation of the Sports Garden Network. To be part of the show, call 1-855-4-GARTEN. That's 1-855-442-7386. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter at Sports Garden. That's G-A-R-T-E-N. Get all your credible sports intelligence 24 hours a day by visiting us at sportsgarden.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University, that's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application.